The following story has been brought to you by storiestoinspire.org. And I want to share with you two stories that show this idea that when you recognize everything comes from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and you're open to see it, you see unbelievable Nisim. First story took place in 23 Rashbam in Benevrak. Maran Agon of Chaim Kanievsky Shlita. The story goes is that when he would go to Letterman Shul, literally right next door to his house, so during that 15 minute interval, the Rabbanit, Rabbanit Kanievsky, remember should be a blessing. So the story goes that every time he would go out, Rabbi Chaim would go out of his study, she would come in, and those 15 minutes, she would quickly sweep, mop, uh, put the svarim in order, everything looked nice and uh, tidy and everything like that. So when you come back, you come back to a nice, beautiful, clean office during those 15 minutes. So that way, that was her time for her to clean the room so her husband could learn with more yeshuvadat. So the story goes like this. So that way you'll understand and, and appreciate the story. So Reb Chaim, he had a letter, and on the letter it wrote, was the following question. This person said, I'm going to use this, the white letter. The white letter it said, I have horrible, horrible nisyonot of panasah. Everything that I'm doing. I'm doing all the steps necessary to have a proper panasah. It's not working. I tried this thing and that thing. I tried to get staka. I tried to do this and that. Single fit. Nothing is working. Maran, can you please give me an advice? So Rav Chaim was about to write the answer of what he felt would be proper. And he always says parenthetically, he says to people, he says, I myself don't know. I just... Something comes to me and I just, I write them. And he said over the story how to prove the point that everything comes from Makadosh Baruch Hu. He was about to write an answer on the white one about Parnassah when suddenly he got a blue letter that somebody gave to him as he was about to write the answer. He says, you, this is Dachuf Mo'od, this is very pressing. Can you please look at this? He looks at it and it says, a heartbreaking story. That there's a man who's married, he has children, and his marriage is in the dumps. Everything wrong possibly could go wrong. It seemed like she had real, real issues bordering on mental insanity. She physically hurt him. And it was a very, very difficult situation. His children were getting affected. People in the neighborhood were getting affected. He didn't know what to do. Mama, she said, I spoke to Rabbanim. I spoke to him. I tried to do all these different things. And nothing's working. So Chaim was about to write his answer for this, the blue one, about the Shalom Bayit. Anyways, someone says, uh, excuse me, Sir Chaim left the two pieces of paper, the Parnassah one and the Shalom Bayit. The Parnassah is the white paper and the Shalom Bayit and the blue. He left them on the table, both side by side. When he went out to Mincha, the Rabbanit came in and she tidied up the place and quickly she saw these two letters that were on the table spread out so she did naturally what every woman would do, is she put it in a nice little pile together and put the pile on top and cleared out the desk so that way it looks nice and clean. But she put the Shalom Bayit, the blue one, on top and the white one, which talked about the Parnassah, on the bottom. When Reb Chaim came back, obviously it wasn't blue and white, I'm just telling you so that way it highlights what it is, he sees the top paper doesn't even look at what the question is because he assumes that his wife most probably put the one on Reb Chaim's right, the white paper, which was Parnassah, he put, she put that on top, and he writes his answer thinking it's the white paper to the blue paper. And he wrote, writes, Ein Gemara, he talks about the Gemara over there, that a person's Parnassah is Taloi in their Shalom Bayit, how they treat their wife. That's what he writes, Ein Gemara, he says which Gemara it is. 
And then he takes the other paper of the Abad de Shalom Bayit, and Rukhaim realizes the situation is very desperate. He writes, Ein Gemara Gitin, and the Gemara over there talks about Isha Ra'ah, Ivelete Hasan of Beitav, the Pasuk of Mishlei says that a foolish woman is literally destroying her house with her hands. Basically, time to, to as they say, get is Rashi Tevot, Gemar Tov, have a nice ending, and we got to start all over. This is, not, this is not working out. So, that's it. He folds the paper up, sends it back, fine. Six weeks later, an Avrech comes to Rebchaim Kanievsky and says, Kodarav, I have to tell you, Yashikach, Chazaku Baruch, thank you so much. You literally, you saved my life. Rebchaim says, no. Well, what, what are, he says, remember, Kodarav, I sent a thing about, oh, oh, oh. He says, yeah, Panasa. So Rebchaim goes, oh. So, Panasa, no. So, he says, yeah, I, I, uh, I started treating my wife uh, okay. I was like, started treating your wife okay? What? what? I'm sorry, you told me that, that I should divorce my wife. And Rukhaim's like, oh, ay, ay, ay. I mixed up the letters. And Rukhaim says, what happened? He says, I have to tell you the truth. My wife and I are happily married. And Baruch Hashem, we have children, grandchildren. When I got that, I was shocked. I have to divorce my wife? I love my wife. I wouldn't do that to her. Hurt her like that? And suddenly it hit me like a ton of bricks. Ay, 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 ay. Maybe the reason why I'm not getting panasab properly is because I have to divorce the evil wife. There's something inside that's not allowing me to connect to her. That it's, it's like an ra. There's some evil inherent that I'm not eradicating within myself that I'm not connecting. And I started being mechazek and my shalom bayit. And I started being more complimentary towards my wife and all that. And kvodarav, you have no idea. After that, my home became a happier home. I started feeling more confident about myself and my business decisions. And then, vanafochu, everything flipped around and my business is in order. Thank you, kvodarav. I was like, whoa, that was crazy. And then two weeks later, another person comes. He says, thank you, you saved my marriage. Rukhaim's like, yes. He told me, remember that story? He told me, starts on the details. Yeah, yeah, what happened? He says, you told me that a person's panasa is talui in their isha. I'm like, panasa with isha, what does that do? Then I realized, oh my gosh, maybe the reason why my wife is acting that way is because panasa is not so good. She wants a higher standard of living. She just doesn't know how to articulate that. And she's getting so frustrated with me. So I started to work harder and do all these different business endeavors and I started to treat my wife and my children and I started getting them gifts and that. And overnight my wife turned around, Kvodarav, you saved my marriage. After this person left, Rebchaim Kanievsky turned to his grandson or his son and he says, this is crazy. I, it, clearly the, the tshuva was mixed up. I was supposed to give one answer, another answer. And it saved them because Akadosh Baruch Hu decided who's going to get what. If you know it all comes from one source, even letters that are the chuvot are don't make any sense, quote unquote, but they do make sense for the mikabel, and that's the same the idea. Baruch Mordechai and Arun Haman. You understand? It's the same coin, but it's just two different sides. Another beautiful story I saw from Visions of Greatness, Volume Five. The story goes: Rabbi Weiss brings down his story. We'll call them Yaakov. So they used to call him Jake the Snake. So Jake the Snake. The reason why they call him that is not because he was cunning, because he was little and he used to slither around. He was annoying. And his main antagonist, who used to call him Jake the Snake all the time, was a guy, Chaim. So Chaim, every time he saw Jake, Yaakov, he always made fun of him, oh, Jake the Snake, Jake the Snake. He, he, he made his life a living Gehenom. Now you can imagine, Yaakov dreaded going to school every day. He'd always get in fights, and they'd make fun of him. It was Gehenom. And Yaakov could not wait until he would go to high school, and then maybe he'd make a break from Chaim. Unfortunately, Chaim went to the same place he went to, and he just kept on going. It was just an endless endless amount of misery for this young boy. 
and now he's becoming a young man. Yaakov had a very good friend, Ezra, and Ezra couldn't stand uh, Chaim. Chaim was a very big bully. And uh, make a long story short, it got time that Yaakov was now deciding to go to Eretz Israel, and uh, Ezra also was going to go to Eretz Israel, but they decided to go to two different yeshivot. Yaakov heard a discussion from one of those yeshivot about when it comes to Shanim Kippur, a person has to know Ben Adam Lamakom, Hakadosh Baruch Hu forgives, but Ben Adam Lachavero he will not forgive unless you ask Mechila. So the Rav said, sometimes we're unaware that we hurt people's feelings. So sometimes you have to tell people, you know, you really hurt me. And then maybe they'll make amends because you don't want a person to get punished because of you. So suddenly, Yaakov summoned the courage and he went over to Chaim. He found where Chaim was. Chaim, yeah. Chaim looked annoyed at him. Yeah. Chaim, do you remember when we were younger, like in elementary and then in middle school and then in high school? Yeah. So he used to torment me. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was, fun. it was funny, right? It's like, no, that wasn't funny at all. Every day I would come home crying. Every day I was thinking how miserable an existence I had. I couldn't wait to go home where I would cry in, in my, the pillow of my bed and I was thinking to myself, what did I do to deserve this? You made my life a living Gainam Chaim. Do you realize what that is? Chaim goes, come on, it was just a joke. Joke? At my expense? How dare you? You know how hurt I am? To this day, I'm still hurt from that. Oh, come on, grow up. Chaim completely rebuffed Yaakov, which made it even sting even more. He thought that after time, maybe he would understand, like, no, he's hurting him again. That was too much for Yaakov. He just walked away and he was angry and hurt, all rolled and humiliated, all rolled into one. He just didn't know what to do with himself. Anyways, like we said, it was Zorin Shanim Kippur. And what happened was, unbeknownst to this boy Yaakov, he did not know that Chaim and Ezra were actually in the same yeshiva. They're both in different yeshivot, Yaakov and his best friend Ezra. But he didn't know, Yaakov did not know that Ezra and Chaim, his antagonist, was also in the same yeshiva as Ezra. Now, what happened was, when this yeshiva said that we have to let people know, so he says, you know what, Chaim, Magialo, whatever honesh he's going to get, he's going to get kaparat, I will not. Hopefully he'll do tshuva, but I, until he asked me, I'm not mochilim. And he humiliated me again, I don't know what to do. But you know what, my friend Ezra, I'll at least write him a letter. So, for, as, like, as they say in Yiddish, for shtick, like it's like a cool thing. He decided he was going to address the letter as Bachur Chashuv Mi Yeshivat from his alma mater, whatever the yeshiva was that they went to in high school. Now again, Yaakov did not know that Ezra and Chayim, both of them, who were also Bogre Yeshivot, they were alumni of the, whatever the yeshiva was, they were both in the same yeshiva, and it sounds like only, those were the only two. So unbeknownst to Yaakov, when he wrote the letter and he addressed it, he wrote it to the letter of the yeshiva, and he wrote... Lebachur chashuv mi yeshivat, whatever, the alumni, where they, were, where they grew up in high school. The yeshiva gets in the office, they're like, who could that be? It could be one or two people, it's either Ezra or Chaim. Happened to be right then, Chaim was walking right by the office. So the secretary goes, oh, you learned in yeshivat, whatever. He says, yeah, yeah, that, yeah, I did. He says, here, this is from someone. He opens it, and he sees, on the return, it's from Yaakov, Jake the Snake. The annoying one that just a few days ago came over him and told him this whole sob story, how he was like so immature and he didn't take a joke. Like, what's wrong with him? He opens up the letter and he almost starts crying. The letter goes, To my dear friend, I've always thought about the times that we were together and how we may have had misunderstandings in the past. And I may not have been so articulate, 
about what I view our friendship, and it may have come out in the wrong words. I just want you to know that despite whatever happened in the past, I forgive you with my whole heart. And I hope the future will become much brighter between the two of us. I hope you can forgive me as well if I caused you any pain. Your dear friend Yaakov. Chaim was literally trembling when he read this. He forgives me? He forgives me? Oh my gosh. What did I do? And Chaim starts crying. Oh, what did I do? What did I do? He told me he was hurt and still he had the courage to say he forgives me? That's amazing. Of course I forgive him. And that started a beautiful friendship after that. All because of a mistaken letter. But it was not mistaken. HaKadosh Baruch wanted them to come together as one. And he made two mistaken letters get switched. Or he had, in this case, one mistaken letter go to the right address, but with a different name. And that's the same thing too. We have to recognize, Aru Haman Baruch it's the same coin. It's getting us to where we need to be and how we could be able to get to where we need to go. Enjoyed this story? Come again. Bring a friend. Stories to inspire dot org.